Welcome to Business Done Differently, where baseball team owner turned showman Jesse Cole speaks with successful entrepreneurs who stand out in business and in life by thinking differently and challenging the status quo. We believe whatever is normal, do the exact opposite, and that normal gets normal results. If you want to stand out and be different, this one's for you. Now walking down the red carpet from Asheville, North Carolina, the author of The Celebrity Experience and 501 Ways to Roll Out the Red Carpet, the one and the only Donna Cutting. Donna, welcome to Business Done Differently. Thank you so much, Jesse. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, it was 501. Don't forget that. I know. I almost missed that one way, which is brilliant marketing in itself. But Donna, I've got to start first. And this is Business Done Differently. And I love how you sign off on your emails. You actually are owning the red carpet. And similar to what I'm doing, I'm yellow tux Jesse. You are red carpet Donna. So tell me, how did you start owning the red carpet? It's fascinating to me. Thank you for that. I love it. And you know, I love that people see us that way. It all started really with the book, The Celebrity Experience. And I just had this idea that wouldn't it be cool if we could treat our customers like stars And of course, you know, that starts with rolling out the red carpet for people. And the theme has really stuck with people as, you know, people get really excited about that concept. So yeah, I'm excited about the fact that when people see me, they tell me when they see red carpets, they'll email me pictures of them and say, thinking of you. And I think it's great. It's a great symbol for treating people to their significance. It's brilliant because I think so few people actually are in the minds of their customers by visual images. You know, they're trying to be so many things. And, you know, and that's obviously the yellow tuxedo in the red carpet. It actually, to you, associates what it's about, the red carpet experience. Yeah, that's really it. And there's a few different things that that, to me, it symbolizes. Number one, it's always about making people feel significant, important, and special in that moment with that customer, that team member, that person in front of you right now. But the also the thing is, you know, I love the companies like yours, you know, quite honestly, that really embrace what it, the excitement of creating extraordinary experiences for their customers. And so to me, that's really that you think of at the Oscars, the thrill of the red carpet, the excitement. And when I talk to someone like yourself or some of the other people in my books, they are just overflowing with excitement about the experiences that they're creating. And so it's kind of a twofold symbol for me. I love it. And I think we should set the context for the listeners. As many of them know, I'm an avid reader. I try to read about 100 books a year, and we do book reports. And I found your book, obviously looking for more ways to enhance our fans' first experience. And Donna, the amount of earmarks I had in the book, it was literally every page. One of our employees looked at it and was like, Jesse, what are we supposed to do with this? It's every page. And I did my book report, and literally it's the longest book report I've done because it is so many ideas you presented in the whole thing. I was blown away. So, you know, I sent you a thank you letter because I think a lot of times authors, they don't know the impact they make, but you made a profound impact on me because it was the most practical, tactical book on customer experience that I've read. And I just want to first, again, thank you for it. And that's why we're here today on the show. I know. And thank you. And as you know, that absolutely made my day. And then when I looked you up as a result of that thank you note, I was just blown away by everything that you're doing. I thought, oh my gosh, this guy is rocking the red carpet and the yellow tux. So <laughs> glad to be here talking about something we both love. Actually, Donna, we actually have a yellow carpet at the stadium for reference. So we're the only the only people that have the yellow carpet. So we're going to own that, okay? And we can battle well, against your red carpet. But, <laughs> yellow carpet is perfect. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think what was so key about the book is that you gave all these examples of companies. And, you know, I share all the time that you got to be a sponge. And the best teachers are the ones that are constantly learning. And it's obvious that you have learned so much for some of these companies that really put their customer first or we put fans first. And I'd love to dive into a few of these companies because the first one that really fascinated me was Mama D's. Can you just share a little bit about their story, how you got connected with them and what are some of those crazy things they're doing? I love and I'm trying to remember how I connected with Mama D's. Honestly, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but this is what I do remember. I remember that that interview you know, I did so many interviews for the book 
all of them were incredible, but there were a few, and you can usually tell because I write about them throughout the book, where I just was on the edge of my seat, you know, taking a million notes, so excited. And that interview with Spencer from Mama D's was one of those. And, you know, the thing that they have done is they are a restaurant, an Italian restaurant in Newport Beach, California, and they have taken the thing that people don't like about restaurants, which is a waiting line, you know, waiting to get into the restaurant and turned it into the reason why people go. Mm. And Spencer said to me, our meatballs are amazing and people come for the meatballs, but they come back for the experience. And so they have created this incredible experience in their wait line where people are immediately getting, you know, bread, they hired additional servers, and they're all walking around with, you know, samples of some of the things that they serve on the menu. So people are already eating before they ever sit down. During the weekends, they have magicians or clowns or jugglers, entertainment for the kids, they have comfortable chairs for them to sit down. And always, you know, you can go there and there's usually a line, but people are excited now about the line because they just turned it into this extraordinary experience. So I just loved it. Now, they actually have, don't they have a red carpet and stanchions, too, when you come into the restaurant? I think they do. Yeah. yeah. And the first thing they do is they'll give you bread. So before they even take your name, they're feeding you because they said that's why people come to the restaurant is that we feed you. Yeah. I think it's brilliant because I think every company needs to look at those friction points. You know, what do people hate about the experience in your industry as a whole? And, you know, I think we think about that all the time with our team because, you know, you go into a sporting event. What do you not look forward to? Parking, then standing in line. So, you know, as I shared with you on an earlier call, we have people dressed up as penguins, our parking penguins that literally take people to their spots. Does it make any sense? Of course not. But, you know, in this year, we're going to have freezy pops. So those penguins can give little kids when they're coming up through the lines. And, you know, we think about a, our pep band playing outside the gates as fans are walking in with the players set up. And it's about those friction points. And that's why I was so fast about Mama D's because so many restaurants, you go in and you're not even greeted when you first walk in. And they're right. actually making the whole experience wonderful and the free appetizers and how you walk in. And, you know, a few other things from them I thought was brilliant was their checks aren't signed by the owner of the company. No, that's right. They're basically signed by your boss, who is the customer. Mm -hmm. And they really, that was something that Spencer talked about, where he absolutely changed the paradigm of how they do business. I just want to say, Spencer would say it wasn't just him. He is the one that I interviewed. Mm -hmm. But of course, he has a boss and he has a team and they all work to do this. But they changed the paradigm. So they really look at the customer as their boss. And as a result, that's what they're always asking is, what would our boss want here? You know, how are we going to create this as a great experience for our boss? And you're right. The owner of the company doesn't actually even sign the checks or is signed by your boss, the customer. Mm. It's amazing. I love it because I think about our team and our company's name, Fans First Entertainment, our mission, Fans First Entertain Always. But our boss, our owner is really the community, is the fans. This is their team. It's not our team or my team. And what if every business looked at their business like that way? Would they treat things differently? And I, it works too, by the way. I mean, they have been number one in their area on Yelp for years and years and years and have won many awards. And it's definitely paying off in a financial way for them as well. Plus they're having so much fun. I love it. And they also had a thing that we're going to take too. I remember my notes, a no complaining document for the, the entire staff, which I think yeah. is brilliant. I know. Isn't that awesome? When they come on, he definitely sets the stage for the kind of culture that they have there at Mama D's. And every single team member has to sign a no complaining document. It's awesome. And I also love like, he talked about when team members make mistakes, that they really work to celebrate those in a way because they learn and they work really hard not to make people feel bad for the mistakes that they made, but to always learn from them. And I think that's really, really important if you want to create the kind of culture that produces those results as well. What would be an example of celebrating the mistakes? I'd love to see what that looks like. Yeah, I know he gave me a, a specific example where somebody actually drop, you know, it happens in a restaurant occasionally where someone just drops a whole tray of food and everything. And he actually came out and on, 
I don't know if he did on a microphone, but so that everybody could hear, he just kind of celebrated and said, and for, you know, Amber's next act, she'll be doing da, 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 you know, and everybody <laughs> applauded. And so Amber just feels like, okay, it was just a mistake. I dropped a tray as opposed to being, you know, yelled at or called out for it. Then he takes her aside and says, okay, well, why did that happen? And yeah. like, how do we do it better? You know, it's that concept of, you know, take your business seriously, but never take yourself too seriously. And I think when they create an environment that's fun, that it's acceptable to do that, it makes everyone else be better at their job. You know, I, I've seen firsthand our teams perform better because they're having fun, because they're dancing, because they're delivering roses to girls in the crowd, because they're going on dates with fans. They're having so much fun that they perform better. And I think we put so much stress and we make it difficult a lot of times for our employees to be successful because we put so many demands on their success. Yeah. And I'll bet also that one of the things that you do, and I'm just guessing here, is that you actually involve your entire team in coming up with what that fun is going to look like. Mm. Because sometimes you can say, I mean, I have seen companies where it's this kind of force prescribed way that we are going to have fun. And then it becomes systematized and the team members aren't really into it. And then it doesn't really have the intended result. But if you have everybody kind of engaged in, you know, you set the stage for the culture that you want to create and then they are coming up with the ideas. And obviously that you're selecting people who have that mindset, then you can have so much fun and make such a difference for both your employees, but also your customers. hundred percent. It's almost having everyone imagine what the best experience would be. And we talk about our fans, you know, our biggest fans are our own people, our employees. So what's the best experience for our own fans first? And that'll create a great experience for everyone else's fans. So, all right, obviously we're both passionate about this, but I want to talk about some other businesses that are doing things differently that you talked about in your book. The Asheville Theater, which is in your hometown, share a little bit about them because I, I was fascinated. Obviously, we're in a similar business. What were some things that really stood out for you with them? Yeah, well, we have two theaters. We have, I'll put in a little plug for, if you come to Asheville, North Carolina, which is such a cool town to begin with, we have great theater here. And so we have the Asheville Community Theater, and then we have our professional theater which is North Carolina Stage Company. But I love what they do because these are simple little things. And sometimes I think people hear the big stories and they can get overwhelmed. And my intention with the 501 Ways book was really to say, you know, you could just start with one or two little things. And so Asheville Theater, again, they really just started to make sure that everyone is trained to welcome anyone who walks through the door, right? So when you walk through the door, I mean, that's such a simple thing, Jesse. But I will tell you, when we ask people to tell us about the best customer experience they've ever had, sometimes we get over the top responses. But often enough, it's simply that I went to this store or I went to this theater or I went to this place and everybody was smiling at me. You know, everybody made eye contact. Everybody greeted me as I walked through. It's that simple, which you and I probably think of that as basic, good customer service. Yeah. But it's so rare. You know, nowadays, it's so rare that you find that everywhere that it becomes a wow for people. But now they actually walk the box office staff. Staff will walk around the counter to greet patrons and deliver their tickets. I know on opening weekend, they have a host that walks through the lobby and they have complimentary champagne. So they've had a uh, little, you know, theme days. They have sweet Saturday where they give out chocolates. And I know that Susan, who's the general manager of that theater, told me, she said, who knew that giving someone a Hershey's kiss when they walked through the door was going to be such a big deal? But people absolutely love it. Mm, it's so, awesome. I mean, I think, and you mentioned too, Weren't the people in the front called showstoppers and they would wear, wear top hats as well? Oh, no. Okay. So you are talking about Durham Performing Arts Center. Okay. And that is a whole other level. So Durham Performing Arts Center, I found them because I went to see a production of Hair, which was amazing. The Broadway musical was amazing. But I was blown away by the experience that they provided. And it really, it started even before we got there with all of the, every question that I could possibly have was answered in an email 
right down to what was going on in Durham, North Carolina that day and what time I needed to leave in order to get good parking. It was amazing. But then we get there and yeah, they've got these people dressed in uniform with top hats called showstoppers. And they are there to warmly welcome everyone as they come in. But it wasn't just the two people that were dressed up in costume. It was every volunteer and every staff member. It was so well organized, people smiling, directing you to the right place from beginning to end. Even the bathroom line, like Jesse, you're a man, you may not understand this, (laughs) but as a woman, one of the most exciting things, because women are always waiting in line in the restroom, and this restroom line at intermission went so quickly because of the way they had it organized, I just couldn't believe it. And, you know, when I talked to Bob Klaus, who's the general manager over there later, He said, well, here's what we do. They survey every guest. So every guest that fills out a survey, they sit down regularly and pour through those surveys. And what they're looking for are those friction points, you know, and the ladies restroom at intermission was one of those friction points. And so what they're doing is constantly asking themselves, how can we make this a better experience for people? To the point where I walked away, like, wowed by the restroom experience. Mm. (laughs) Like, that's how good it was. I think about that all the time. The restroom's like, I'm like, in the guy's restroom, could we have, like, a DJ set up playing music, making a party in the guy's restroom? Because guys don't, like, care about all that other stuff. Can we make it fun? You know, the women's restroom, can we make it, like, what would be the most exquisite, like, spa-type bathroom ever? But we're in a 1926 ballpark. And we think about all those stuff, but it sounds like, you know, this theater is doing it. And obviously it had me when it was talking about top hats. But Donna, how many people, when you come to a retail, I mean, companies could just have people dressed up and they create that fun environment. Like, what is that unique? Are you dressed like everyone else? Or are you doing something different that people are like, you won't believe who greeted me at the insurance company today or whatever, you know? Yeah. And this is why I'm such a passionate advocate for involving the people in the trenches, you know, your team members, in coming up what those ideas are. Because sometimes I think organizations can learn from other companies, but if they try to implement exactly the same thing, it's not necessarily going to come across as authentic to them. But if they just ask the question like you do, like, what could we do to make this just an extraordinary experience, then their people in their culture will come up with amazing ideas that they may never have thought of otherwise. So really, I think it just starts with asking the question and then being open to the answers too. Yeah, you need the team to own it. I mean, that's such a good point. When the owner comes in and says, we're going to do this, and no one really feels like, oh, that's not my idea. They're not going to put the emphasis into it. And that's one of the reasons why we do Idea Paloozas, where we bring the entire staff to come up with ideas and we ask, all right, who's owning that idea? And we go from there. So I love that. I want to get into the employees. I think there's a lot of cool things you talk about, the red carpet for employees. But another company that stood out for me was G Adventures. They said happiness as a business model is brilliant and so profound. Can you just share some of the things with our listeners on what is G Adventures doing that's so dramatically different than everyone else? They are a global travel company. And they are so fun. The thing that immediately comes to mind to me that I just loved was the way they hire people. So first of all, I'll say they actually have a mayor. So the mayor of G Adventures is who I spoke with. At the time, it was Dave Holmes. He's part of a team they call the G Force. (laughs) And his whole job is to create an extraordinary employee experience because they know, and particularly for them, they've got people who are in-house at their home office but they've got people all over the field, you know, all over the world leading tours that are part of their team. So they have to be really, really intentional if they want to create a unified culture. And so they've got one person whose sole job is that, and they call him the mayor. But one of the things that I loved was the way they hire people. When they hire people, particularly for the home office or if they're coming in the home office, They have this whole process that they use. But the end of the process, the very last interview is done in a ball pit 
So, you know, the ball pits that children play in that we all as adults still want to play in. (laughs) They actually have the interview in the ball pit. They've got like a wheel of fortune kind of thing where they spin the wheel. And that's what determines the topics for the interview. And what's brilliant about that is that's their culture. You know, they just do all these crazy things. And so if you show up at that interview, your response to having your interview in that ball pit is pretty telling as to whether you are going to fit into the G Adventures culture or not. I can only imagine if someone's in a like a suit, they're going in like taking off their tie, taking off their jacket, and hopefully trying to get comfortable. They're not going to fit in. But it sounds like everything they're doing is about happiness and fun. I mean, I remember reading about the prom they have and beer o'clock. And can you share some of these other things? If you remember kind of what they shared they did? Yeah, yeah. Beer o'clock is also what came into mind. Every single Friday at four o'clock, beer, wine, and cider appear in the refrigerator in what they call the kitchen. (laughs) I love it. But yeah, they had a prom there, a ball pit. They have their meeting room is called the William Shatner meeting room. It's all decorated like the USS Enterprise from Star Trek. And they're the cutouts of William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. They host games like one they call the Amazing G Race. So they do all kinds of innovative things, scavenger hunts and races and things like that with the people that are out in the field. Because like I said, they've got 1,500 people in their company, and most of them are elsewhere in another country. They give out swag bags. They had a day called Haircuts and Hot Dogs. So that's the day they hire a hot dog vendor to come and cook lunch for all of their staff at what they call Base Camp, which is in Toronto. That's their home office. But they're always looking for ways to incorporate those staff out in the field as well. Oh, that's amazing. I, you know, I think everyone can think about how do they name their meeting rooms. I think no, don't just say, oh, we're meeting that conference room. We're meeting in that area. Like name it and theme it out. It just makes it more fun. And when people come in, they can say, all right, this isn't my typical office. This isn't the typical experience. So I love that. And in the good name of fun, we're going to do our first game if you're mentally prepared, Donna. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. I'm a little frightened, but I'm going to do my best. (laughs) All right. Truth and dare. Which one would you like first? Truth. Truth. Oh, all right. All right. So this is going to go serious and then go into a fun ride. The truth is what's one thing that's holding you back right now from success or standing out? That is such a great question for me right now because I just went to a retreat about that very thing. And it was all about mindset. In fact, I heard this was not a Tony Robbins event, but Tony Robbins say that 90% of a business success is the owner's mindset. And so this was really delving deep into that and looking at what are the things that I say no to or that I hold back on because of some fear or, you know, some old belief system so really, if anything is holding back, I think that's probably me. It's, prob- <laughs> it's probably me. And I'm really digging deep into and how to change that right now. Into why or what's that fear or those things that are keeping you from you know, achieving big success? Is that what you're looking into? Yeah, that's exactly it. And really looking at, you know, I think we as an entrepreneur and someone who is caring of other people, I'm always concerned about, are we pestering people? Are we out there too much? And honestly, the other side of that is we have such an important message. I mean, it's beyond customer service. It's about like make people feel important. It's about the way we treat people every single day. So I'm really digging deep is how am I getting in the way of the legions of people that need to hear that message from red carpet Donna and her team in the way that we do things. So no, we're that's looking- great. I mean, it's meaning it, what, what we're providing, you're providing meaning for people to make a difference. And, you know, I think I go through that too. And I believe accountability is a sincerest form of love. And if you're not holding people accountable, whether that's your clients, whether it's your own people, your employees, because you're afraid of what they think, then you're actually not sincerely loving them, in my opinion. So we went deep there. Now it's going to get ridiculous, Donna. Okay, you ready? <laughs> okay, dare. All right, dare. Here you go. So this is a game we play at the stadium. It's called the sing-off. And what we do now is we have one side of the stadium, 2,000 people, versus another side of the stadium, 2,000 people. And we play a song. When the song stops, they have to finish that song lyric. Okay? So, Donna, I don't care if you can't sing. We've had some terrible singers here, but you're going to have to finish that song lyric. Are you mentally prepared? Okay. 
You ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right, and it's fit to your theme. Here we go. Magic carpet ride. Magic carpet ride. <laughs> that was right up your alley. I know. I know if it was red carpet, I totally would have gotten I, that. I couldn't find any red carpet songs, so that was the closest that I got. <laughs> All right, you, you came in second on that one. Oh, that's so fun. You came in second, but we'll move on from there. You'll have another chance at a game in a little bit. I want to go into the red carpet for employees because I think something that you added at the end that we are on the same page 1,000% is the gratitude and the 21 days of thank yous. And yeah. to give context so my listeners know that I started the thank you experiment in 2016. And my word for the year for the one word was care. And I decided to write one thank you letter a day or every day. And it changed my life. And I didn't stop at the end of 2016. I've now been doing it three plus years going into it. And when you wrote the 21 days of thank yous, you gave different ways for you to say thank you to your employees. And I'd love you to share kind of how you come up with that and some ones that have really, you've seen an impact other than maybe a typical, you know, pat on the back. Thank you. Well, you know where it's been an impact. And I'll tell you that right on my website, you can actually download those for free mm-hmm. too, by the way. So they are in the book. I happen to know it was my former boss. I write about her in all my books because she was my role model for what a boss should be. She emailed me and said, we did this. We took the 21 days of thank you as a team. So the whole leadership team kind of sat down and planned it out. And they did every single thing on the list. So that's where the impact is. It's really, I mean, you could do a small thing here or there. But the idea behind that exercise is to really get people thinking about being more intentional and consistent with gratitude of your team members. And so they did, and they split it up and they planned it out. They did every single thing on the list. And there are simple things like just write a note, pick someone and write a thank you note and be real specific about what they did. And then there are other things about like bring in donuts or (laughs) goodies or whatever. And so it's not difficult. Some things you have to plan more than others, but it's just being real intentional about thank you. And What Don said, what my former boss said was people were just so touched. The leadership team that was doing it was so jazzed by the response that they were getting from their employees and their employees were sending thank you notes to them for the thank you notes they were Mm. receiving. I mean, it just created this whole energy within their team that, you know, hadn't been there before. So she was really excited about that exercise. But that's what I think the power of it is in really sticking to the 21 days and actually doing the exercise as it was intended. We'll share the notes on how to find those. But I mean, yeah, there was just tons of different ideas. And, you know, I think today I do a lot of thank yous with a quick little selfie video, a one minute thank you video. I mean, that's so easy, but it's more personal than doing, you know, a thank you email. And another thing too, which we've done recently is when someone does a thank you letter for one of the peers at the workplace, they actually read it out loud to them in front of others. And when you read something like that out loud, the emotional impact that it has is pretty powerful because it really shows that person means it because they're saying it out loud in front of other people. So that's something that I, I love gratitude. I start my day with gratitude. And I think that's something that's so easy and practical, but so few people put the time into doing it. Yeah. And also looking for the stories, like you have incredible stories, I'm sure, that come in from fans, you know, from your guests at the ballparks. Mm-hmm. And really sharing those with your team members and reading them out loud and making sure that everybody is really getting a feel for the impact that you're making in other people's lives. And so obviously I'm using you as an example, but that can work for any organization. Mm -hmm. Like when you get these thank you notes, when you get stories, when you witness something that one of your team members has done for a customer that really made an impact Sometimes people don't share those stories because they just think, well, that's just what we do, right? <laughs> but before you share it, the more stories people will be excited to create. Mm. And so you want to make those stories legendary in your organization. And great teams, every single person on the team can tell the stories of the company, no matter if they've been there or they haven't. And I think I'm very intentional on that, on the stories that we have. I share them over and over again. And I had one of our very young ones came to me as like, I could tell every single story you say in your speeches 
to anybody because I've heard it so many times. And then on my mind, I'm like, good, it's working because great leaders are repeatable. That's it. That's exactly right. (laughs) And they hit people emotionally too. And that's what stories just hit people emotionally. And that's what causes them to act. Yes. All right. Another thing I noticed I loved in your book was the $100 challenge. I can't remember who came up with it or what company that they would give $100 to employees. And then can you share a little bit more about that? Yes, it was a magazine and I am blanking on the name, but I'm going to find it here. (laughs) And it was such a great idea. And there's a video that you can actually find. I linked to it in the book, I think, where they gave their employees $100 and gave them the day to go out and do something for somebody else. And it's such an incredible video. And you just see everybody had, you know, I think they partnered people up. So every team had different ideas about what to do. Some, I think, went to like the fire station and bought pizza, $100 worth of pizza for people at the fire station. Other people, you know, I think there's a story where they helped a homeless person. But it was just so fascinating to see the experience that these employees had You always think, oh, people just want $100 for themselves. And of course, that's always nice as well. But to be able to send them out and do something for somebody else just created, you know, just an incredible moment of generosity and spirit for the employees of this magazine. And staying with the theme, it creates those more stories that literally this is who we are. This is what we stand for. It's great lessons. It's amazing. And the video went viral as yeah. well. You know? oh. So, I mean, that you know, you never want to do it for that reason, but there are benefits for that as well. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Before our next game, I want to share with you some of the things that I kind of took from your book. And I started thinking about how we could do this just because I think it's important to kind of share ideas. I love, I can't remember which company, but setting up an Instagram account and just share pictures of your customers, your employees, your products. You make the customer the hero. For us, we make it all about our fans. It's almost an Instagram account run by the fans. I love that. I also love creating a fans first holiday for us. Like literally make it a best celebration. It's not about the Christmases, the Thanksgiving parties, the whatever. You actually create a holiday for your own company and celebrate your fans. And I think that was a big theme, Donna, throughout. It's like, how can you celebrate your customers in a very unique way? And, you know, there were just so many great ideas you had throughout the book that I just want to thank you again for it. Oh, thank you, Anne. I'm so appreciative of all the organizations. You know, like you're quite honestly, as I told you, if I had known about you, you would have been in this book. (laughs) So for sure, you'll be in the next one. But I want to also just give props to all the organizations that were willing to share just the amazing things that they're doing. And I think that's important to see, too, because, you know, when I tell people that we train and teach red carpet customer service, everybody's initial response is to roll their eyes and say, oh, the world needs you. You know, customer service is so bad out there. But actually, there are so many organizations and people who are working to create extraordinary experiences and moments that matter for their customers. And I think it's important that we celebrate what we want to see. And so you won't see a lot of negative stories in my book because I want to celebrate the positive things that people are doing. And then maybe we'll see more of that. 100%. I think the big takeaway too, and don't think you're getting away because we have another game coming up, Donna. But, the, okay. but, but I'll tell you this, big, big takeaway is mapping the experience from the beginning. And I challenge every company I speak with, what does it look like from the first time they see you on the website, from when they buy, from when they call on the phone, to what is the hold music, to what's the voicemail, to when they first show up. And actually scripting it out and imagining what the best possible experience is. And people often look at just their product and they look at literally what happens once they get it, but it's the entire process. And I think that was the big thing that some of these great companies that I was fascinated by, they nailed it. Like Mama D's from the beginning when people show up and waiting in line, you know, what are those friction points that you make it amazing all the way throughout? And I think that was great. And I think that's a great segue, Donna, for our customer experience showdown. Okay. (laughs) And I've only done one of these other with Joey Coleman, who's obviously a customer service expert. So you are the second one to do this out of over 100 interviews. All right. So basically, I'm going to name a different type of business industry, a type of employee. And you have to kind of say, what would be a way to create a great experience? And then you can throw one back out at me. All right. Okay. All right. A realtor. Oh, a realtor. Well, it is all about the personalization, right? And it's about really knowing your individual prospects and customers, creating an experience that goes beyond the transaction. So we actually have stories in the book where there was this one amazing realtor and she did all kinds of things like that. 
But one of the things that she did was she would take pictures. She knew that as she was selling a house to someone, that they were also leaving a house that was full of memories. And so she would take all kinds of different pictures, not just the ones for the real estate website, but she'd take different pictures that kind of what she felt were indicative of the memories that household held for her clients. And then she put them in a beautiful album. And that was a gift that she gave them as they moved into their new house. So they were taking something of their old house with them. But it's all about personalization like that. Mm, I love that. You know, I heard of one realtor actually in my mastermind that gets a unbelievably well done painting of the house that they're selling and delivers this painting of that memory. And he asked me, he goes, what about when they're buying? And I said, well, could you create something like two street signs and one has the old address on top with the date and the other one has the new address with the date and you have them cross-secting and just, you know, these mementos that can really build the experience. So I love that. So now you get to throw one at me. Okay. Hotel. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So this is right up my alley because anyone can go back to the episode with Darren Ross, who's the CEO of the Magic Castle Hotel. But what a hotel has, they have such an opportunity to go above and beyond from the beginning. And the Magic Castle Hotel is where I learned a lot about, it was an old rundown hotel, but it was yellow, my favorite color. And as soon as you show up, they immediately come, they greet you with a drink. And they like knew who I was, like literally. And I wasn't wearing the yellow tuxedo at this point because they know who's checked in. It's a smaller hotel. So they greeted me by name. Then they proceeded to give me a DVD list for free DVDs, which I don't know people have DVDs anymore. Then they proceeded to show me that their free ice cream bar they had. They had drinks. They had a beverage machine, which all drinks free at all times. And then they had a, the Popsicle hotline at the pool, which you could literally go to the phone at the pool, call and say, Popsicle hotline, would you like cherry? Would you like, blue? Uh, you know, and literally they would come out and deliver a Popsicle to you. They do free laundry. I mean, they went so far above and beyond. And, you know, I think about any hotel experience, what are you doing from the first time they show up? How are they greeted? How can you surprise them? How can you listen and maybe ask a few questions in when they reserve, you know, what are your favorite drinks, favorite snacks? And just have those built in. My wife does Airbnb. We have snacks and a couple of free drinks and you know either beers or wine or champagne in every single Airbnb because we want to wow them from the beginning. And even what you can do is you can always add to the price. You could put an extra $10 on it and they can pay for it, but make yeah. it a better experience. So that was an easy one for me, Donna, because I got some experience. So, but I, That's I, I love it. That's an awesome story too. I feel yeah. like I read it. Maybe you have a blog post or something because I've read that. It's so great. Yeah, Power of it. Moments is in the book by uh, Power of Moments by Dan and Chip Heath is where. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where I've heard it. Darren's amazing. Great person to talk to. All right, I'm gonna give one to you. All right. A school or a teacher. So if you're a school or a teacher, how can you provide an unbelievable, let's say not even college, let's go into like high school or middle school. What could you do? You know what I think it is? And I've got a great story for this too. It's about being open to what your student or your family member needs at that given time and not being so rigid in terms of the rules. So I'll give you two examples, actually. And I'm going to go with bus driver as opposed to (laughs) as opposed to a teacher. So there is a school that we worked with where one of the children missed the bus. The mother called and she was distraught because she had to go to work. She couldn't get her there. And the bus driver just took it upon themselves to go back for one child and pick them up. And what I loved about this was that the principal and the marketing director, when they told me this story, they said, you know, it costs money for us to do that, you know. But the reality is we built a loyal customer, a loyal parent and student that we could have for eight years now because of that one little moment. So I think it's really looking at the lifetime value of your customer and not making decisions just based on what the rules are and what the policy is, so to speak. But the other thing that I will say is we also know of a school bus driver who decorates her bus for every holiday. And so the kids get in and they are just so excited to see what the new decorations are. And I love these examples because they're just so small. It doesn't cost a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of time. It's just a different way of thinking. And if every teacher and principal and office staff member and bus driver was thinking in that way, imagine what the experience could be. 
I love that. I'm speaking with a lot of schools these days and they always ask, hey, we want to stand out. We want to be different. And I said, all right, think back to when you were in elementary school, middle school, what class, what experience really stands out? And most of them have nothing. And I'm like, well, you got to think about that. You got to think about each teacher. How are they making their class stand out? It's not just the curriculum that they're teaching. It's how they're teaching it. It's the different experiences they're giving. And it shows up when you first walk into the school. Does the school feel different? Or is it just like, I'm going to sit in class all day? It's a big project, but I'm just, I'm fascinated by it because it's not necessarily companies, but even it, it can start with the schools. Right. And even when you say that, I think about the teacher that stood out for me and she did exactly what I'm talking about. It wasn't like some prescribed, she had her prescribed curriculum, but she would let us, the students, it was my third grade teacher, Mrs. Pixie, <laughs> and she would let us create experiences and put on shows you know, as you can imagine, that was something I really loved to do. So I would come in, you know, every once in a while and say, Mrs. Pixie, I have a show to put on. And she would make time for it. Love you know, it. she did that for every student. She actually even showed up at my basement production of Cinderella during the summer, you know, and I've never forgotten that. It's brilliant. And I think everyone should take that because I personally don't have many that I remember, except when I actually, it was in college when we came up with our own children's theater. We'd actually came up with our own children's play. We wrote it, we scripted it, we did it. We were part of the whole experience and I'll never forget that. But maybe it is. Do you give the students more ownership in the way of coming up with how they're going to learn and putting on shows and doing the different ways other than just doing tests? All right, we could go on a while. All right, we're going to move on to the ninth inning, Donnie. You got my mind racing already. (laughs) We're going to finish here with a few segments. First question time. I'm big into questions these days. I believe if you want better answers in business, you need to ask better questions. What are some of the best questions you're asking when you're working with different groups throughout the country? Well, I think the first thing is if it's people we're going to work with, you know, it's at the end of this experience. If we were to work together, then what are the three things that have to happen in order for this to be a successful partnership? People like that question because it makes them think. And I like that question because it gives me a really great sense of what this organization what these leaders are hoping to accomplish. The other questions would be related to where they already are. So I will ask them, you know, I'm thinking now of a call I had recently and they're asking me, do your programs change employee turnover? And my question back to them is, well, why don't you tell me right now about your employee turnover? Why do you think that's happening? And what have you done thus far what has worked, what hasn't worked, to really get people thinking about, again, get our customers take ownership for what they are doing to create that culture of whether it's customer service or employee engagement or whatever it is for them. Yeah. Does your question provide clarity for the next person? Does it make them have aha moments? And I think thinking about outcomes, you know, very few questions they're on the surface. They don't really get to those deep, big outcomes. And I absolutely love that. But I'm not going to let you, Don, on this one completely grill me, but I'm gonna give you an opportunity a little bit because this is now flip the script. So you are the host of Business Done Differently and you can ask me one question. Oh, oh, this is awesome. Okay, this is gonna be easy for you. I wanna know more about idea paloozas because when you said that, I just got all excited and tingly and then I didn't hear any more about what that actually looked like. So share more about idea paloozas, where you came up with the idea, and what you're doing with your team there. And, well, this is more than one question. Maybe what's the best idea or one of the best ideas that you've actually actioned from Idea Paloozas? <laughs> 23 years old, very impressionable in the business. Went to a business conference with Mike Veck. His father was the famous Bill Veck, someone I looked up to that changed the game of baseball with unbelievably crazy promotions in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. And I went to this two months into my career as a general manager of one of the lowest performing teams in the country in Gastonia, North Carolina. And at each table was this little box and it said idea box. And he said, this is for you. And he had a a pack of post-it notes to put ideas from this conference in there. And I kept that idea box and I kept it at the office and I would constantly throw ideas in it. Later, one of our employees made me a big box that I would put ideas in it, hundreds of ideas. So we brought it to our teams. And so we'd have this idea box people would throw in. I said, all right, we keep going these ideas, but we need to have something where they all come together. We decide which ones are we going to run with. So then our president came up with the idea. He said, you know what? We should just have an idea palooza. And he said it. I was like, yes, that's it. And so about two years ago, we would start meeting quarterly and we would have the whole staff. There would be drinks. There would be fun. 
we would just start talking about ideas. We'd pick them out and read them. And usually a lot of them were ridiculous. I mean, we still have all the posted notes from the first ones in our conference room taped up like ideas like I was ridiculous because we're the bananas. I was like, yellow toilet paper, which is absolutely disgusting. All right. I mean, some like ridiculous ideas, a lot of them we ran with. And, you know, to think about where we are today, now we're much more focused on idea plus. So we'll have them in segments. Like these are fan experience ideas. These are promotion ideas. These are food ideas. And so they're very focused. And then we have someone who owns the ideas. So I say this all the time, but I believe ideas are currency, but implementation will make you rich. We focus so hard on implementation. So you know, I could look back at the ideas. I remember it was many years ago, I said, we should have a breakdancing first base coach. And I said, it would just be so much more fun if we could get someone that could literally be breakdancing, doing the moonwalk, doing the single ladies dance while actually coaching first. And it took five years until we had an audition and found the perfect person to do it. And we unveiled him in 2017. And as soon as he started dancing, it was a moment I'll never forget. I started bending over laughing, hyena laughing, my whole staff was looking at me like, what is going on? And I realized at that moment, like we did it, like we actually infiltrated the game of baseball. It wasn't just players dancing between innings. It was actually in the middle of the game. There was someone dancing while the game was being played and it went viral on ESPN, CNN. And that was an idea and a person that I'll never forget. Oh, that is awesome. So brilliant. <laughs> you got the whole thing. All right, we're finishing here with favorites. We're going to bang through these. You ready to rock? Yes. Favorite part of your morning routine? Work or personal? Either way, it's either day. This is this is your part. Walking my dogs. Love it. All right, beautiful. Every morning, do you do it? I do. Well, every morning that I'm in town. Yes, awesome. Yeah. All right, favorite way to unwind at the end of the day? To sit with my husband. Perfect. All right, what about a book that stands out? The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Mm, yes. I read it several times a year. <laughs> All right, favorite restaurant? We have so many great independent restaurants in Asheville, North Carolina. I'm going to go with Pasana's. It's an independent restaurant here in Asheville. One of my homes in Belmont, I'm only an hour and a half. Pasana's? P-O-S-A-N-O-S. Okay, what what type of food? You know what? It's gluten-free, but I don't go there because of that. Like, I didn't know it was gluten-free food. So you can get seafood and beef and all of that, but it's gluten-free, but it's delicious gluten-free. I, see, I would think with, with you of all the different places, that had to be a pretty special experience there. Yeah, it was. It really was. And I think my husband and I went there for an anniversary once, and it was just sitting in the corner of Asheville watching the Asheville people go by, and the presentation is beautiful, and the chef is amazing there. And, That's yeah. awesome. All right, favorite business conference you've been to? Well, I love the National Speakers Association. That's my, yeah, that's our association. I don't know if you remember, Jesse, but I might have to recruit you, but I love that conference. And then I recently spoke at Leading Age, which is in the elder care market. We work a lot with people in elder care, and that's a great conference as well. No, I love it. Yeah, Shep Heiken, who've had on the show, got to know pretty well. He's mentioned the National Speakers Association to me as well. So it sounds like a great conference. All right, now a favorite magic moment. One moment that you'll never forget. When you think about this one moment, what comes to your mind? You know, it's funny, and these are all personal, but I'm going to share it because it happened yesterday, and it's a moment that repeats every single year, and that is that my husband and I collect Christmas ornaments where we celebrate Christmas, and wherever we go, wherever we travel together, we will collect an ornament. So we have this moment, or probably about an hour every year, and this just happened yesterday, where we sit and we unwrap all the ornaments that are going on our Christmas tree. It's a tree full of memories. Like we just go through the 26 years that we've been together. And it's magical because no matter what's going on in my life, it always brings me back to how much I have to be grateful for. I think business can be very personal in a sense, and I think we should all redefine what a successful entrepreneur is and by how successful you are in your personal life is directly proportional to how successful you are in your business life. And I think the fact that you're grounded and have this, you know, great marriage, great memories obviously shows why you've been successful in your business as well. All right. Final four. We're going to finish here. Number one, what have you done to stand out in business and in life? Well, you know what? I think the number one thing that we have, and I say we, cause I have a little team and I want to give them credit as well is that I think we celebrate other people's successes. And I think that's one of the reasons why we have been successful is that we look for the positive things that people are doing and we want to celebrate those. Awesome, awesome. If you were to give advice to someone just starting out getting in business, what would you tell them to stand out in business and in life? 
Well, to stand out is to really look at the experience, as you say, from beginning to middle to end and map that out and really make sure that you are building a culture with your team to match. The other thing I would say to someone starting out in business is to understand all of the different things that you have to learn as a business owner, because it's usually more than just that one thing you're passionate about. There's a variety of new skills that you have to embrace as well. Never stop being a sponge. I love it. Final two, Donna, best advice you've ever received. You know what? From my dad, when I got my first job, one of the things he told me was to not worry about what my coworkers were doing or not doing, to just do the absolute best job that I could do, regardless of what anyone else was doing around me. And I've kept that in my heart and hopefully within my actions since the day he told me that. Absolutely love it. Finally, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered for treating people well and helping them to remember that they are important and significant as well. Amazing. Now, I think you sufficiently passed Business Done Differently. Now, you didn't get the song right, but you dominated the customer service showdown. And Donna, seriously, I think what you shared today, the stories, the personal is amazing. It's why you're doing Business Done Differently and why your book is one of the most practical idea. You talk about, like we could have had about three Ida Paloozas just on your book. And I know you have a new one coming out soon, but thank you for being on the show. Where can people learn and connect with you? Thank you. And, and I just want to say, I agree with my friend, Joe Calloway. This is the most fun podcast I've ever been on. So <laughs> say that as well. So they can find me at redcarpetlearning.com. Perfect. Stay true to the red carpet. And connect with Donna and then some new things coming in the works soon, which we can't wait to see. And and Donna, thank you again. Thank you too, Jesse. This was fun. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently with Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux Guy. If you love the show, let Jesse know by leaving a review on iTunes or sending him an email at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. For more information on the guest and topics of this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.